Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, and it's found on page 1078 in your pew Bibles. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Our gospel reading is found in the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19, and it's found on page 1635 of your pew Bibles. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilence in various places, and fearful events, and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. This is the word of the Lord.
Let us pray. God, may we be open to you. May we put aside our anxieties and worries, our cares and concerns, and focus on the word that you would give each of us. Oh God, may we encounter you this morning. May we know you a bit more. May we grow closer to those around us just a little bit. May we be yours and yours alone. Give us ears to ear and eyes to see all that you are saying and doing. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Whenever I um, go back to my hometown in Maine for a vacation or or a trip, I love to drive through and to see what's changed. Any of you do that? Maybe, maybe if you're from a different place, or, or I bet even those of you who grew up in this area, if I were to go around brick with you, you could point out all the ways that the town has changed over the years, couldn't you? So when I go to Maine, I love to drive around and I'll see, oh, that this storefront that was maybe the Five and Dime or the Ames, remember Ames Department Stores? This was the Ames department store, and now it's something different. And as I drive around and I see those old familiar buildings that once were one thing and are now another, I take a trip down memory lane. I remember an Ames department store hiding in the clothing racks. Do you remember the the big circular clothing racks? And I would hide under there at five or six years old, and someone would be sorting through blouses, and then I'd pop up and say, pick me! I found that very amusing. I don't think the shoppers did. (laughs) I drive through my old college campus, and I remember one year at Thanksgiving, maybe 10 years ago, driving through campus and pointing out to my wife, uh, this was the science building where I almost failed meteorology. This was the social sciences building where I had all those history classes with my favorite professor. And then we came to one building that I was so excited to tell her about. And guess what? It had been torn down. Kimball Hall, right there on the campus of the University of Maine at Machias, where I had played lots of uh, concerts with this band and where I first fell in love with quesadillas and burritos where my advisor's office was, and I'd go and I'd sit in her office, and we would go over my my courses for the year and how I was doing academically. Oh, I was so excited to take her through there and share all those memories with her. The building had been torn down. Isn't it true uh, that the more we go through life, we, we, we come across those moments in those places that we that were once something, something special to us, a place where we had memories or connections or something formative or profound maybe it happened to us. And then when it changes, never quite the same, is it? We know about changing buildings and changing places and all of that, but there's, a, there's another kind of changing or shaking of the foundations that happens in our lives, isn't it? When a loved one gets a diagnosis, terminal illness. When someone or something we love passes away. When when there's a job, an unexpected job change or a difficult financial moment when 
kid struggles with addiction. We know what that shaking of the foundations is like, don't we? In our gospel reading for today, Jesus is talking about change and shaking the very foundations of identity. Now, Sharon uh, did a wonderful job talking about to the kids and keeping my eye on that big clock up there, so I'm, I'm not going to go down this road, and I'm glad Sharon did, that one way we can come to this scripture text and read it is about events way in the future. But you know what Jesus says here? Beware of people who say they can predict the future. Don't listen to them. Many will come saying this or that. Don't listen to them. I think that's really good advice because there are some people whose stock in trade is saying that they can open the Bible and predict the future. And yet in that very Bible they open, Jesus warns us about them. Don't listen to them. But often when Jesus, in this scenario, we we can read these scriptures and we're meant to. Jesus is talking about multiple things at the same time. So yes, we can, we can read about uh, the, the, the future and the, the shaking of the foundations in the future. And yes, we, we come to, the, to our faith. When we come to communion, what do we confess? Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We confess it and we believe it. We can prognosticate on how that looks, but in my mind, that's missing the point. We believe it by faith and we know it will happen. But at the same time, Jesus, when he's gathered his followers there with him, he's telling them about something that would happen in many of their lifetimes. From 66 to 70, was the, the four years, was the Jewish-Roman War. And at the end of that war, the Romans completely destroyed the temple. And when Jesus says, not one stone will be left upon another, he was absolutely accurate. Archaeologists have confirmed this with digs, that it was completely destroyed all the way down to the earth. Not one stone was left upon another. For a Jew, the destruction of the temple, well, I don't think that we can find an equivalent of how absolutely shaking that would have been to them. Take 9-11 and multiply it by 100 absolutely shaking. The temple was where they believed God's presence actually dwelled. So it was their center of religious life. It was was the the focal point of social and, and cultural connection and identity. A good Jew, their whole life was wrapped up in the temple. So for Jesus to say that it would be completely destroyed, they must have been shaken to the core. The prophet Isaiah that Lydia read for us in our Old Testament lesson is prophesying to the people of Israel as the Babylonian Empire is about to swoop in and destroy the temple and take them away into captivity. And yet in the midst of that event, what does the prophet Isaiah say? God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. How can the prophet offer that to the people whose entire lives are about to be completely uprooted and upended? 
Not only is their temple going to be destroyed, they're going to be taken away into captivity by the Babylonian Empire, taken into a foreign land. Remember the words of the psalmist there by the rivers of Babylon. I sat down and I wept when I remembered Zion. And yet in the midst of that shaking moment, when something is about to be destroyed, when the old familiar, when the memories, when the places, those old haunts they had gone, the temple where they had worshipped, is about to be completely destroyed and they're about to be taken off into slavery. And Isaiah has the audacity to say to them, I will trust and not be afraid. Oh my. Friends, we live in a, in a shaking time ourselves, don't we? Trust in institutions we've looked to for so long has been completely eroded. Families are changing all the time. The, the dynamics from one generation to another generation seems to shift and change so dramatically that we struggle to get our minds around it. Even our own denomination is struggling with what the future is going to look like. So in this moment, friends, we have a choice. We can look all around us. We can see the anxiety that the world just seems to emanate so forcefully. We we, we can see things going on all around us that can take our minds and our focus off of the one that Isaiah says is our salvation. The one in whom we can trust and not be afraid. Because, friends, if you take the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you have this one constant. People constantly mess up. The people are constantly unfaithful when God is completely and always faithful. We see that in the prophets. They're constantly appealing to the past for insight into the future. And they point to the past and to God's faithfulness And how God has shown that He is trustworthy and true over and over and over again. It's the people who change. God doesn't change. The people change. They see what's going on around them. They see shifts and changes in social and cultural institutions. They hear of wars and rumors of wars. They get distracted. They get worried. They get swallowed up. Fear and anxiety. And yet the prophet stands in the middle of them. And he says, I will trust and not be afraid. And Jesus, pointing to what's going to happen, and at the same time pointing to the future, the way future, to times of chaos and strife and difficulty. Sound familiar? He points to the future, but he talks about this word called perseverance. Perseverance. How can you persevere? You persevere by having your focus in the right spot. You persevere by looking back and looking at the faithfulness and the trustworthiness of the God who's brought you this far. It will not leave you here. You persevere by looking to the one who is trustworthy and true despite shifting and changing circumstances. 
despite shaking of the foundations and the, the tearing down of buildings and the disintegration of relationships. We persevere by looking to the one who has said, I'm not going to take everything that's difficult and painful away, but I'm going to enter into it with you. I'm going to be with you in the midst of what Isaiah calls the fiery trials. I'm going to be with you when the foundations are shaken. I'm going to be with you when you get a phone call with distressing news. I'm going to be with you when you hold the hand of your loved one as they're passing from this life into the next. I'm going to be with you in the midst of pain and uncertainty. Friends, that's the kind of God we serve. A God who has entered into the mess and the muck of everyday life, who knows what it's like to be human, to be frail, to be fallible. We have a God who's not aloof and apart from all of that. We have a God who entered right into it, who's experienced the tearing down and the shaking of the foundation. Knows what it's like. And he said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Friends, this morning we're called to put our faith and our trust in the one who is our salvation. For the one who is our strength and our defense. The one, that, the one who wants us, who calls for us to come to him to trust despite what's going on around us. But here, my friends, is what God never does. He never forces us. He never forces us. God wants people who are free agents, who freely worship Him, not out of compulsion, but out of choice. Friends, maybe some of you are sitting here this morning and your foundations have been rocked a little bit. Maybe things are shaking. Maybe old places that you went to and old things that you relied on are no longer there. This morning, can you say that God is my salvation? I will not fear. May that be so. Amen.